Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. Thank you all for joining us today. It's so good to see you all, kind of. (laughs) I see some of you online. There's a few of you in here. What a great report. How great did our team do putting that together for us? You know, I'm encouraged personally because, you know, one of the things that I love, I love, I love about our church is we have seed all over the world, you know, We don't go into all the details of all the ministries that would take all day, but, you know, we helped a a place in Cambodia uh, obtain some, a building so that they can minister to AIDS patients. And, uh, you know, we have seed in India, and we have seed in Israel, and in the Middle East, and we have seed in South America, and we have seed in Africa, because we want to be a blessing to the nations. Even our own nation, we have missionaries that minister to the indigenous people in some of the other regions, and we reach out to the communities, even locally, the last, the least, the broken, the hungry. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and we as a church are doing that in so many ways, and so many lives are being transformed as a result of your service and your faithfulness. And personally, we have a mandate on our lives as Christians to be stewards of that which God has entrusted to our hands. And each and every one of you is a part of what God is doing when you're faithful to fulfill the mission and the assignment that God has for your life. So I say, well done. I'll just remind you, in just three weeks, we have our, our ABBA offering coming up, our, our capital campaign. And we're gonna be talking a little bit more about that in the next couple weeks that are gonna be coming. And this year, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're not gonna use all of that capital money just to do things like fix the roof and change air conditioners and you know, those kind of things. We're gonna do some mission this year as a, part of our, as a part of our capital giving. And we want to make an impact in the local community. So there's some local organizations we're gonna partner with so that we can make a difference in the lives of those in our own community. And we're excited about that. Interesting enough, in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Right from the book of beginnings, Genesis, from the beginning of the book of beginnings, we see that we're image bearers and we're made to be stewards. We're made to manage God's creation. He put us humans here to be his stewards here on earth to take care of the things that he created. He entrusted them to our care so that we can manage the things that he created. Right from the beginning, we see this, and all through the Bible, he develops that. 
And keep in mind, what does Psalms 24.1 talk about? It says the earth is the Lord's and everything. Why? He created it. The earth is the Lord's. It's his by creation. He has creation rights. I mean, when you make something, how many of you know you have rights to what you make? Some of you don't understand that. I remember, man, it had to be almost 40 years ago. No, about 35 years ago when I was a kid. I started uh, taking a scoop of coffee and putting it in the filter, and I would sew all the way around, and I would make these little individual servings of coffee. And no one was doing that at that time. Because at that time, you could take a giant filter and stick it and you could make a pot of coffee, but you couldn't make an individual serving of it. You know, today they have the, uh, the machines that do one cup and the, the Keurigs and all those other ones. And uh, anyway, so I would sell those in a pack of 12 to people. And I remember talking to uh, my Uncle Jerry, and, and he was a lawyer, and he said, and I was talking to him about getting a patent on this. And he said, sure, just give me $25,000 for the patent and I'll take care of all the legal work. And for me, at 13, I was like, that's a lot of money. But see, God gave us creative ideas. Now, I never went through with the patent, so I don't get the rights to all the little individual servings of coffee. But how many times do people create things, right? God created the earth, it's his. He's got the patent on earth. He's got the patent on humans. Mankind's trying to wrestle that away from him, they're never gonna do it. I wish them all the best. But everything you have, your life, the breath and the air you breathe, your food, your shelter, your clothing, it's all from him. God has provided for you everything that you need. And I mean everything, all. Remember, A-L-L, all. That means all of it. Your time, your treasure, your talent, it belongs to God. It's his. You can't do what you do apart from him. You can't even exist without him because he holds you together. And there's some people that choose not to acknowledge him, and that's really sad, but those that align themselves with the creator, they're going to live life to the fullest, and they're going to have the best possible life here on this earth. In Luke 16, Jesus is talking about treasure. And he told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day, a report came to the manager that the manager was wasting the employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, uh, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it's true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. I want you to catch verse 10. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? 
No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. We must be servants, and we must be um, stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And I, I, in my own life, you know, I have to, you know, we have to prove ourselves faithful over time before God entrusts us with things. I remember back when I was a young person, and I had my first job as a petroleum byproduct waste transfer technician. Yeah, would you like me to check your oil while I fill up your tank? <laughs> but you know, there was many things that were entrusted to me as a steward of my boss's gas station. And I made sure to take care of that place like it was my own. So the floor was always clean and the restrooms were always spotless and if the walls got marked up, I painted them. And I'm amazed at how many people drive over the islands at the gas station, you know? Their, their tires go over the cement curbs so you don't knock out the... But we used to paint those. I would take the pumps apart and clean inside of them and why? Because I was a steward of that which was entrusted to me. And as a result of that, I got promoted in that arena. I remember being at the bank and there was some machines that were entrusted to my care down at Nations Bank in Dallas in their automated lockbox department. But I made sure that I maintained those machines with excellence. Why? They weren't mine. They belonged to my employer. And my job was to steward that which was given to me. And see, when you learn to steward the things that God has entrusted to you, the little things, you know, the little things like showing up when you're supposed to be there and leaving when you're supposed to leave and taking a break. I remember one time uh, when I was new, um, I kind of got scolded by my supervisor on the weekend because on the weekend they were a little more relaxed about break time. And depending on the workload, the rule was when the supervisor got up from the break room, then everybody went back to work. But me, when I first got there, you know, 15 minute break, okay, and then I'm back at work by myself and after a couple of weeks he laughed and he said, listen, on the weekend we do it a little different. When I get up and go back to work, then everyone goes back to work. I have to manage the workflow. And I was like, okay, yes, sir. That particular day he needed a, a, a Bones partner, a Domino's partner, uh, they call it Bones. And uh, I, I was his partner that day and we were winning. And when I got up to go back, he wanted to play another game because he liked winning. I like math, Domino's is easy. And some of you don't, you've never played. <laughs> However, we have to be stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And when you're faithful with other people's things, God will allow you to have your own things to steward and to manage and to govern but you have to govern your own life and you know have you ever read about the life of joseph i mean i don't know how many times we've read the life of joseph he had some lofty ideas didn't he yes father mother all my brothers and sisters you will bow down and worship me 17 young dumb maybe not the best uh, way to say it but then he went through what 14 years <laughs> 21 years he went through a long time where he had to be entrusted with other people's things to manage including Potiphar's house including the prison that he was in for years and years and years he had to be faithful managing something that didn't belong to him and then God gave him rank in Egypt and he managed the whole country right Joseph had to learn 
faithfulness and stewardship before God promoted him to the place that he wanted him to be. So many people overlook that. Let's talk about tithing. Tithing means 10%. As a steward, 10% of my finances, I return to the creator and I sow into his kingdom as a tithe. All of my increase, 10%, since I was a very young man. Mary and I have committed to not just give our tithes, but we also want to give to global evangelism missions. We want to give to the poor and the hungry. We want to give to those that are hurting and broken, and we want to um, also give to other ministries that are evangelizing people. So personally, over and above the tithe, we want to sow into other, and I believe that when you get into that 30, 60, and 100-fold multiplication, it's not just in the tithe, it's, it's in the offerings that you get into the 30, the 60, and the 100-fold multiplication of your finances. I'm not going to develop that today, but you have to understand, tithe is your stewardship, and every dollar that you spend is a decision. Did everyone hear me say that? All of the money entrusted to you is entrusted to you, and you are a steward of that which God has entrusted you to. And the one thing I like about the tithe is it takes, it takes no recognition of class. Because if you're poor making $100 a week, you give $10, you give 10%. If you're rich making $10,000 a week, you give 10%, $1,000. It's not that the rich people have to pay more as a percentage, like some governments do, which will remain unnamed. But see, the Bible talks very clearly about money, and it says if you've been given much, then you have an obligation to be a blessing to others that have less. Read through the early church. The people that were wealthy shared with the people that had less than them, and everybody ate together at the table equal, it wasn't about class. It wasn't rich and poor. It was brothers and sisters in Christ. So one of the things about the tithe is it's holy. It belongs to God. And we want to bring glory to God with our finances. But the question is, do you want to bring glory to God with your finances? And, and so many people, you know, they, I've, I've had people irritated with me, believe it or not. Sometimes people get irritated with me. And they come to the altar Pastor, will you pray with me? Sure, what would you like me to pray with you for? Well, I want to pray that God's going to bless my finances. And I'm like, that's cool. Can I ask you a question? They're like, sure. I say, are you a tither? They say no. And I say, well, I can't pray for you that God's going to bless your finances because his word says that you've brought a curse on your life. And they look at me and I say, I'll pray that God will give you faith to start sowing and being obedient in this area so that he can bless you but I can't bless what God's cursed. Right. And I'm not gonna pray against his word. So they just don't come to me anymore, they find someone else that'll go pray with them. <laughs> Doesn't ask the same question, right? We are stewards of that which God has entrusted to us. And I'll say this, WCF, you've been faithful in this arena, which is why we are able to do the things that we do. That's why we're able to sow into missions. That's why we're able to sow locally, while we're able to sow across Canada, while we're able to keep the lights on and pay our bills, that our operations, and to have our staff that are here to serve you with joy. 
because of your faithfulness in this arena. And some of you, you know, this might be new information or a new concept to you, and I want to encourage you. Seek God, read his word. And, and the Bible says in Malachi that you can even test him in this arena of tithes and offerings. I want to move on now because it's not just the arena of our finances that we're stewards. We're also stewards of our talents. In 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, the end of the world is coming soon. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Yes, we should be. And if you can't join Kimberly and the team between 12 and 1 every day, it's on YouTube. You can join in later. <laughs> the anointing doesn't go away just because it's being streamed later. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. Isn't that why we do what we do? Because we want to give the glory to the creator. We want to give glory to God. Are you living in such a way? Are you using the talents that God has given you in such a way that God is glorified? Sometimes we use our talents to build our own kingdom. We should be building God's kingdom with our talents. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 4, 1 to 5 in the Amplified. So then let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees, administrators of the mysteries of God that he chooses to reveal. In this case, moreover, it's required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. You will never be an effective steward if you're not faithful and trustworthy. You can't. Faithfulness and trustworthiness go hand in hand with being a good steward. But as for me personally, it matters very little to me that I may be judged by you or any other human court on this point. In fact, I don't even judge myself. I'm aware of nothing against myself and I feel blameless, but I'm not, I am not by this acquitted before God. It's the Lord who judges me. So do not go on passing judgment before the appointed time, but wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light the secret things that are hidden in darkness and disclose the motives of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. When you serve, you don't serve for accolades of men. You don't serve for recognition. You don't serve so others can look at you and say, look how great you are. You serve because that's the assignment on your life from the Creator. What has God instructed you to do? What is the mission on your life? What is the command He's given you? What word did He download into your spirit today? And what instruction did He tell you to obey? You know, Nadine was sharing in the video a little bit earlier. And what did she say? I was walking back to my car and the Holy Spirit said, go back and talk to them. In her obedience, God arranged a blessing for her as well. But I assure you, that obedience brought blessing to others as well. And how many times does God speak to individuals that are Christ followers, but either our time is not his, our money is not his, our treasure, or our talent, we're not willing to submit it so that he can sanctify it. How many times in your daily life 
do we have this conversation with ourselves? When God is instructing you, go forth and be a blessing, and we're like, yeah, no. I'm shy. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I don't want to be with people today. Dun, dun, dun. God has blessed you. We live in a privileged world. Every one of you lives in a privileged world. You have no idea how good we have it here in Canada. No idea. God has gifted and equipped, equipped each of you to serve others. No gift too great, no gift too small. We should not be comparing our gifts to others' gifts, only to our obedience in Christ, to Christ, his assignment, and your personal mission. What you do, you must do for the glory of God, period. If you're doing it for any other motive, God will see and know that, and he will expose it when you stand before him and you are judged. You will only store treasure up in heaven for the things we do with motives that are to serve him and bring him glory. There's lots of people that do lots of things with the wrong motive, their heart's wrong, and they get no reward. They get the recognition here on earth, and God says, oh, that's cool, you took the glory from me, no reward for you in heaven. I don't know about you, but if I have to choose a reward that I can use for maybe 100 years or a reward that I can use forever, I don't know. Think about that for a second. Our time, this is going to be a fun one. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Oh, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to live like a fool. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. That's easy, because that is going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's easy, too. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Psalms 90, 12 in the Amplified says, so teach us to number our days that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. Are you giving God your best time every day? If he's the number one relationship in your life, would it not be logical for you to give him the best part of your time? Are you giving God a tithe of your time? <laughs> Are you spending time with him? Are you serving others daily? not just on Sunday mornings and every other Thursday or every other Tuesday or once a month when you feel like it. Or some of you only go to church, what, twice, twice a month, once a month, twice a year, once in a blue moon. We need to gather together with the saints as often as we can for mutual encouragement and edification. In Luke 12, that we read at the beginning, I'm going to pick up where they left off in verse 39, and it says, understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. Nope, not my house. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or everyone? And the Lord replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. 
If the master returns and finds the servants have done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks my master won't be back for a while and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly, or doesn't know, sorry. Does not know and then does something wrong will be punished lightly. When someone's been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, much more will be required. We are the church. We represent Jesus wherever we go in our community. We are filled with the spirit of the living God and we have to make decisions on how we are going to steward that which he has entrusted to us, what he's given us to manage, your time, your treasure, and your talent. It's not your own, it's a gift from above. Are you building God's kingdom or are you building your own? Only you can answer that. Only you and God can discern the motives of your heart. But if you're not building his kingdom, whose kingdom are you building? Sometimes it's not what we're doing, it's what we're not doing that gets us into trouble. Because when God's giving you a mandate and a mission and a talent and you're not using that talent, you've buried it in the ground, that's not good. Why don't you guys stand with me if you're here and even if you're at home, why don't you stand where you're at? You know, and as we come to the table, it's the great the great equalizer, because all of us stand at the foot of the cross, equal. Sinners saved by grace because of blood. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for me. He died for the sins of all mankind. He died to restore relationship to the Creator. He died so that men and women everywhere could realize the mission that God has on their life, the assignment that God has placed upon them, how they've been uniquely created to be agents of change to build the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you for the bread. As Jesus' body was broken for us, Lord, I thank you that in our brokenness you restore us to wholeness. And in our wholeness, Father, I thank you that we can be obedient, that we can be faithful stewards of the things that you have entrusted into our care and our keeping. Lord, help us to make godly decisions, spirit-led decisions, not emotional decisions, but spirit-led decisions that are based and rooted on truth from your word. Your mandates like taking care of the widows and the orphans. Your mandates like feeding the hungry. Your mandates like sharing the love of God with others. Help us as a body of believers to impact the world around us by being faithful. And Lord, as we're faithful, your light shines forth. And as we manage well, you get involved. And as we obey the Holy Spirit, lives are changed. 
So today as we partake, Father, of this bread that represents really the covenant you have with us, I thank you that sickness and disease, their power is broken over the body of the saints right now in the name of Jesus. And life is being released on your people. Amen. The cup of the new covenant, the blood. Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus is powerful. And when it's applied to our lives, we receive forgiveness and freedom, freedom from the curse. Lord, is your people purpose today to be stewards, faithful and trustworthy? I thank you that we release forgiveness. We release unforgiveness and ought from our lives. We release those that have wronged us. We purpose to operate in the kingdom. We purpose to operate as agents of love, agents of grace, agents of healing, and agents of peace. Encourage your church today, Lord. Let them receive love from you and peace from you that passes their understanding. And Father, for those that struggle with sleep and anxiety and depression and fear and discouragement, I thank you. As Nadine received a word, you've got this. Let your people understand you've got this. It's going to be okay. In Jesus' name. Faithful ones, as we go this week, in Matthew 24, the scriptures challenge us. We must be ready at all times, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. A faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. And if the master returns and finds that they've done a good job, there will be a reward. So, Father, as we go, I thank you that we can do a good job managing those things you've entrusted to us. Let us make good money decisions, treasure, good time decisions, that we'd be willing to spend the time with people, to spend the time building your kingdom, to spend the time in prayer, to spend the time loving others. And Lord, for our talent, those things that you've equipped us with, let us never be ashamed to take the gifts you've given us and build your kingdom and be a blessing to the world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you all. We'll look forward to seeing you here next time. Have a great week.